From Rivers Barton Architects, this is Spork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barton visit with Nicole Burgers, a beekeeper and cheesemonger from Houston, Texas. The average age of a beekeeper, at least like 10 years ago, the average age was 74. I mean, these are old, really? old dudes. Wow. So I'm like, okay, let's let's come on in and do something a little different. Let's use glass instead of plastic bears. Make our own labels instead of buying the label that everybody else has. You know, let's make it pretty. Nicole Burgers is a beekeeper and cheesemonger from Houston, Texas. A career that grew from a passion project into a full-fledged business. Kevin and Joe were introduced to Nicole through Min Nguyen, owner of Cafe TH and former guest of this podcast. The three of them sat down with Nicole to discuss her beekeeping service and how her diverse background feeds into its success. Here's Joe, followed by Min. Min, how did, let's start with you. How did you run across Nicole and what, what about her besides her just vibrant personality made you think? We should, we should put her on. I ju- you know what? It's funny. I just met her. I met her. <laughs> like walking down the street, like, <laughs> hey, hop in, let's go. I met her at TH, Cafe TH. So wow. she came in with uh, one of my friends, Amber. When she told me like what she did, I was like, hey, would you like to do a podcast? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, sure. Like, what, you know, what's it, what does it entail? And I'm like, I don't know. I just have to like bring you there and yeah. then meet you these you know meet the, with these guys and then meet you these know, two weirdos and let it yeah. go yeah. Yeah. and then that's how it kind of like spun off cool yeah so how'd I, you get into beekeeping so beekeeping i i always wanted to be a beekeeper uh ever since i saw this documentary on pbs about 20, 2003 or 2004 they they aired this documentary on the atlanta pbs station and I was like, this looks awesome. Like, I want to do this. So I started getting books for my birthday and Christmas. I always wanted beekeeping books. But I was a renter. So mm. I'm like, how am I going to do this? For my birthday one year, my boyfriend took me on a scavenger hunt all throughout Houston, going to like a lot of my favorite places. I had a massage. And then I got a clue to go to this address in Bel Air. And I was like, oh, what's at this address? I pull up, it's a mansion. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Um, and he pulls up and this guy in a yellow truck pulls up and he's a beekeeper and he is like the landscaper beekeeper for this mansion. And we go in the backyard, we suit up and we go into the apiary and we go into the beehives. And it was like, oh, this is such a fun activity for my birthday. I didn't really think anything of it. We get home that night and there is an unassembled beehive in my living room. Oh, wow. And he's like, put this in the backyard. Like, you're going to be a beekeeper. Like, you've wanted to do this for so long. And what about the landlord? And he's like, don't worry about it. Just do it and, you know, see what happens. (laughs) So I did. And I had a beehive here in Montrose uh, for a few years until my landlord finally was like, no. <laughs> uh, the, what is finally? How long did that take? It was about two years. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, she thought it didn't belong to me. She thought it belonged to the people downstairs. And they moved out. And she goes, why didn't they move their beehive? And I said, uh, oh, that's mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, and she, so the maintenance man refused to come on the property. <laughs> he was terrified no. of bees. So uh, I moved it. It was the middle of the summer, the worst time you can move a beehive. And I ended up moving it to the Houston Makerspace. Um, and the Houston Makerspace 
had a farm and um, had like the side area where I could put, I put five beehives there eventually. And they were also a small business incubator. So that kind of prompted me to start thinking about this as a business, as more than just a hobby. Um, Also, uh, since I was a cheesemonger, uh, I would see people come into the cheese shop looking for local honey. And we had honey at the time just from like Shepherd and like West Texas and outside of Houston, uh, but nothing in the city. I can't believe there wasn't fresh honey in Houston. There, there is, but <laughs> beekeepers don't know how to sell it. Um. <laughs> so being a marketer and a cheesemonger, I, I kind of had this idea of kind of, you know, having a platform where beekeepers can sell their honey. And I know how to build a website. I know how to market. And it just seemed like, like a doy moment. Uh, it's like, why don't I do this? So I started researching and through other cities, I saw that they were doing it and providing beekeeping services. Mm. So a beekeeping service is where someone kind of manages the hive and, or, or mentors the hive. So I am currently doing that. That's like half my business and the other half is honey. Uh, I so have a beekeeping service. So I, yeah. I would have a hive in my backyard and yep. you would handle it. Yep. Well, I, what I like to do is teach you how to do it. So you don't have to pay me forever. It's like the pool guy that comes to your house, right. but is also showing you like, these are the chemicals I'm putting in. And, you know, um, so the beekeeper would be like, okay, here's your suit. Let's go. Let's get in the hive. And this is what we're looking for today. And this is what this means. And let's correct this issue. Um, and eventually they'd be like, I feel pretty confident I can do this on my own. It's not rocket science, but you need to have some level of knowledge before you jump into you know, 50,000 bees in your backyard. <laughs> so isn't that what you did? You just, I did. And I, <laughs> and I made a, a ton of mistakes. Like I made a ton of mistakes. Yeah. I wish I had someone there holding my hand. That was kind of like when I opened the cat TH too though. Yeah. Yeah. You can just jump in and I totally recommend that to people. But you know, once you're in, you're like, I have a question. Who do I ask? Um, and then a lot of people just need a little bit of handholding. You know, they're, they like, I feel more comfortable getting into this, knowing that there's someone else there that yeah. is showing me the ropes. Um, so did you ever yeah. have a mentor? Uh, I did have of- a few, but not so much like they, they were really there every time. Mm-hmm. Um, they would pop in and out of my life and mm-hmm. just be like, Oh, how's it going with your hives? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. How much time do you have? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did that, did that guy on your date, oh, your oh, birthday, so yeah. right, did he help you in any way? Oh, he's always helped me, actually. Okay. So okay, he's cool. an entrepreneur also. Yeah. So he also kind of helped me come up with a lot of my ideas and um, encouraged me. He, like, when I very first had the hive, he, like, went with me to pick up the bees. He, um, I should say his, his name's Brendan. <laughs> like this random person. Yeah. Um, he also, uh, I had to replace my queen. I had a queen, my very first queen. Her name was Queen Latifah. Uh, <laughs> of course. I, I loved uh-huh. her so much, but she did not bring UNITY to the hive. Um, <laughs> she, she didn't, she wasn't a good queen. She wasn't laying well. I asked the, I went to the bee club and I said, hey, you know, here's a picture of my, my hive. What should I do? And they said, oh, replace your queen. So I had to go and find her and then pinch her. Whoa. Yeah, and I buried her. I poured some beer out. Oh. We played some Queen Latifah, and I, re- I replaced her with Beyonce. 
Queen Bee. Nah, Queen Bee. Oh, I like oh, it. She's going to work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially so, in Houston. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I, that's so what happened. So she's better. Yeah, so he actually helped me with that because um, I needed kind of two eyes or two hands or extra set of hands, extra set of eyes to find her and to do all the pinching. Um, but yeah, it was a very emotional thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I bet. How, how long did queens typically um, are in a hive? Is it like, can it, can it really be for years and years? Yes, of, it can wow. be. Um, they can live about up to five years. Wow. Wow. But uh, they don't lay as well as, as they get older. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of beekeepers will replace their queen every other year, depending on how she's uh, doing mm-hmm. um, and your level of knowledge on that. Um, commercial guys, like commercial beekeepers with the giant honey farms, they just replace them every year oh, just to wow. be on the safe side. Yep. And they can do that. But a backyard person would probably be like every three years. Mm-hmm. I've had a queen for three years and she's fine. Were there any particular experiences from your marketing background that were extremely or that were really helpful in beekeeping in general or in just your business of beekeeping? Yeah, uh, I I think so, because a lot of people don't understand how to market their honey. Hmm. I I understand packaging and um, I understand search engine optimization. So if you Googled, you know, Houston honey, you know, you could find me. Other beekeepers have no idea. They're not even thinking about the internet. Uh, they are like, oh, people would buy stuff off the internet? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> uh, a lot of people do that nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get with the program. So uh, these, these guys aren't even thinking about that. The average age of a beekeeper, at least like 10 years ago, the average age was 74. I mean, these are old, really? old dudes. Wow. So I'm like, okay, let's... Let's come on in and do something a little different. Let's use glass instead of plastic bears. Let's make our own labels instead of buying the label that everybody else has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's, let's make it pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal was to have a jar that looked good on a cheese board. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a cheesemonger. Yeah, these are my jars. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's, um, it's a kind of a, a flat, wide mouth jar that you could put a honey dipper in easily. Oh. And it wouldn't be like a, a tight fit, like a, like a bottleneck or anything that would, that's, that was my goal. I I like that idea of, um, of designing towards a particular experience. Like that's a really like a particular moment of, Mm -hmm. you know, I want a jar that looks good on a cheese board when people are (laughs) sitting around or you're just by yourself and it's, uh, you know, you're relaxing and, um, yeah. Yeah. Think a little bit about user experience, mm-hmm. a little bit about um, just, you know, how to effectively, effectively package it. Right. Um, thinking about like wedding favors. I'm thinking about all kinds of things that went into this jar. I also do different things with my honey. Um, I just don't sell plain honey. I, I try to sell honey that is uh, infused. So mm-hmm. it's different from everybody else's. So, so what's, what's this flavor you brought today? Um, this is my best-selling flavor. It is lavender-infused honey. Wow. Uh, it's beautiful if you enjoy the flavor of lavender. It's wonderful on goat cheese, uh, lattes, freshly, like, angel cake. I, I have a Honey of the Month Club. Yeah. So Whoa. it's like a subscription-based thing where I get, like, stuff from Planet Forward. I got um, Roselle Pots, oh. and I dehydrated them. Um, and 
ground them up basically and infused the honey yeah. with and made hibiscus honey yeah. that was my february honey of the month because it was like bright pink Whoa. it looked like valentine's day that wow. was one of my favorite honeys i ever made it was a, a delicious in a cocktail uh, uh. just really nice um, I've done, uh, I did Mexican vanilla honey Ooh. for April and then in May a rose honey. What inspires you each month? What, what, <laughs> what led you to some of these? Sometimes flavors? I'm inspired by just the things I have on hand, like the hibiscus I saw at Planet Forward. Sometimes it's like Mother's Day <laughs> was mm-hmm. roses. I was, um, actually inspired by, uh, this woman that used to live above me. Uh, when I was a kid in Connecticut, uh, there was this old Polish couple. It was a grand, I call them grandma and grandpa because they were Polish. They didn't speak a lick of English and um, they were just old. And I was like six. So I said, oh, okay, grandma. Um, <laughs> and she would, every Saturday in the spring, she would go downstairs and pick roses and make this like donuts with rose jelly in the middle. Ooh, and wow. it, the whole, we lived in a duplex and the whole house smelled like roses. And every time I smell roses, I think about these donuts that we used to eat. Um, so that kind of was inspired by this May grandma roses wow. type of thing. What about <laughs> the cheese making side of this year? Okay. Houston yeah. Dairy Maids. Yeah. I work at the Houston Dairy Maids. Um, I've actually had my six year anniversary. Uh, Congratulations. Cool. Yeah. It was right. last weekend. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you get for your six year? I mean, like, I, cheese roll. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Cheese yeah. watch, cheese pen. Nothing. Cheese paper. But they've been very kind to me. They carry my honey at the store. I have a beehive there. I'm teaching a class there monthly. So they have been more than kind um, to me. It really introduced me to a lot of different flavors in the food world and the wholesale chef restaurant world. Um, Houston Dairy Maids is 85% wholesale. So wow. they work with over 300 restaurants, hotels, uh, chefs, catering companies um, throughout the state and beyond. Uh, they carry over 150 cheeses. Uh, you have a particular cheese, obviously goat. Goat cheese. There's um, a goat cheese from Dripping Springs that is called Pure Luck Chev. Uh, it is one of my favorite cheeses because it's simple and it pairs with so many things. It's very mm. versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get that all the time and it's excellent. Um, and it's, I think seven bucks. It's nice. Wow. Yeah. Are you a creamy cheese? Or are you a stinky cheese? All the above. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I'm not the only cheese I don't really like. Um, I'm from new England. I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to spice. So if it's like jalapeno something or other, I'm like, eh, I don't want a lot of that, you know, <laughs> but anything else. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on. So were you were you just like in heaven in France when you were I over was, there? I yeah. was, yeah. I had a host family. Um, I was there studying abroad for my graduate school uh, days, and there was a family there, and I was telling them, like, no, I really, really love cheese. You don't understand. <laughs> and so they would challenge me. Ooh. They would buy, like, the stinkiest wash-drying cheese that you can find and have it for dessert. And I would just eat it all. And they'd be like, we don't even eat that cheese. <laughs> like this, this little American girl, she's, she's just insane with it. Uh, yeah, I was in heaven. <laughs> wow. Where would you like to see your business? Where, where would you be comfortable at? Like- I, I really would like one or two things. I, I would like to either expand where I have like a network of people like me 
doing beekeeping um, like in surrounding areas. A lot of people want me to go to like Galveston or to like Sealy or even up like Tomball. And I'm like, I don't want to drive too far out. I really want urban bees. Mm -hmm. But even in other cities, like I don't think Dallas has anything. <laughs> Corpus Christi doesn't have anything. Um, Austin has people like me, obviously, because it's Austin. <laughs> but um, San Antonio doesn't. Like it's, it's something I can expand pretty easily. And even if it is a city with other people like me, there could be like 10 of me here in Houston and it would be fine. There's enough people wanting to do this. It could be regional. So expansion is one idea. And the second idea um, that I'm really wanting to do is having um, a retail location, kind of like the Houston Dairy Maids, but also offering um, to any beekeeper to come and extract their honey in a place where there's a really nice honey extractor um, bottling system. They have all the marketing stuff that they could need um, and selling, you know, all honey from all the neighborhoods in one location and maybe some cheese and other good stuff too. But um, having like a honey store with maybe some beekeeping supplies. Um, that's, that's really what I want. Do you have advice for other, uh, not even beekeepers, but just creative people who want to follow their passion? For you, uh, just doing it is the hardest part. Like mm -hmm. getting up every day, doing something different, um, being determined to do it uh, is a big part of it because it's really easy to procrastinate and be lazy about it. You kind of have to hustle. I mean, mm -hmm. we're in hustle town. Mm -hmm. um, everyone here has a dream and uh, you really have to pursue it or your life will just go by and you know, you've been stuck in this job getting a paycheck and driving your BMW, but what have you really done? Mm. No offense to BMW <laughs> drivers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can be any kind of car. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for having me. I mean, it's just weird to talk about yourself for like an hour and a half. But <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm like on the worst date ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this guy is, I don't know anything about them. So your turn, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I thought you are. <laughs> like, I never want to hear this girl again. Uh, shut up. <laughs> For more information on Nicole, visit her website at b2bhoney.com. That's B-E-E, -E, the number two, B-E-E-Honey.com. A special thanks goes out to our guests, Nicole and Min, to our interviewers extraordinaire, Joe and Kevin, and to all of our listeners joining us for Season 2 of Spork in the Road. This episode was written, edited, produced, narrated, and music by Scott Barton. For more information on Rivers Barden Architects and Spork in the Road podcast, visit riversbarden.com.